0: So that was pretty awesome, right? I was going to give him the go-ahead signal, just to keep going, and it's, it's that, so it's fine. So if you guys see that next time, just, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <clears throat> well, uh, as obviously as it's been already told and said, uh, today is Youth Sunday, so this is where the youth take over. Usually first service, it's a little hard, and the other, they're still teenagers, so they don't like waking up early when they don't have to, so... Um, but, uh, but yeah, this is always a, a fun time and an awesome time. And I always encourage the kids. This is this is a time for you guys to uh, just um, put your faith into practice, right? To go out and and serve, serve the whole body, serve our church. Because you know, we're there there can be that uh, sometimes that idea after a while, like you know, that this is the this is you know the the big grown up church and the youth. They have their own thing, but you know, I, um, you know, we're we're part of this church. This is part of their church. So they need to they need to. Um, contribute and serve, you know, the, the whole body of Christ, so that's awesome. Um, I wanted to highlight one thing, um, again, the, for the, the jam, how they're, how they're doing the, the Valentine's Day date thing, like, I would highly recommend you take advantage of that, like, me and uh, Sarah, last year, we took advantage of that, and it was just, like, we are just, like, beside ourselves, like, what do we do? Let's go to Costco or something, I don't know, let's just do, let's do something, let's go, let's, let's go crazy, right? It was cool. Um, but it was fun. I was like, let's just go to sleep. Let's take like a two-hour nap and get some rest. So hey, I mean, there's, there's a lot of options. There's, I mean, the, you know, you know, the, the world is yours for like three hours. Just do it. Just take it. So do that. That's going to be awesome. That's awesome what, what Jam does back there. They're awesome. So um, we are going to continue in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, if you want to turn there. Um, Pastor Gary, when he last taught, he, he, he did all chapter 2, which I was thankful for because he left me with a, with a really uh, difficult... Passage, so that was awesome of him to do that. But um, we're going to read. Uh, we're going to start chapter three. We're going go to go verses one through through about nine, and uh, we'll go from there. So if he has a moment to turn there. All right, First Corinthians three, starting at verse one. It says, "And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual men, but as to men of flesh, as to infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink." And not solid food, for you were not able to receive it. Indeed, even now you are not yet able, for you are still fleshly. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly? And are you not walking like mere men? For when when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not mere men? What then is Apollos? What then is Paul, servants through whom you believed, even as the Lord gave opportunity for each one? I planted, Apollos watered, but God causes the the growth. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who causes the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, but each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. Um, Man, this was such a, uh, just as I was studying for this passage, it was just, yeah, there's there's so much in here. Like, yeah, you know, at first I was like, I'm gonna do all chapter three, and I was like, yeah, there's no way it's gonna be like, it's gonna take us all day. We'll be here for until evening, because um, <clears throat> I can sometimes talk a lot, and ramble, so, but um, I wanted to read to you guys because I I like reading out of uh, the New American Standard Bible. That's that's something that when I came to the Lord, that's what I kind of grew grew in. And um, but I wanted to read to you again this passage because I like it as well in the New King James Version, and I know a lot of people you know read that version, so I wanted to read that. And it says, I brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal. As to babes in Christ, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for you were not yet um, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. And for where there is envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal in behaving like mere men? For one one says, I am of Paul, and another I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul Who then is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one? I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither the one who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labors. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building." And uh, so our subject today, as you can tell, it's, it's on the carnal Christian, right? That's kind of one of those like, topics that we have to talk about, the carnal Christian, right? There's, um, <clears throat> you know, there's debate on that as well. You know, some people say, like, well, how can, how can there be such a thing as a carnal Christian, as, as a worldly Christian? That sounds just like an oxymoron, right? But um, as we're going to see, you know, we left off uh, when Pastor Gary taught in chapter 2. He left off, and, he, and, and Paul was basically saying there's two types of people in the world, right? There's a natural man. Right, and and we see that in First uh, Corinthians two fourteen, he says the natural man. That's, that's the man who's unsaved, right? That's, that's the the person who doesn't have the Spirit of God living, who hasn't given their life to Jesus. So when you talk to him about spiritual things, when you try to talk to him about about certain things, it goes over their head. It doesn't go into their heart because they're natural, right? <clears throat> Sometimes if you ever maybe you go to work or or if you're the youth in your in school, and like somebody you know in your class, they don't know the Lord, and you start talking to them. You start saying, "Man, I've just been going through the fire today." And they're like, what are you talking about? That's weird, right? Like, they don't understand. Like, there's certain things that we can talk to. We have our little, our little, uh, I guess you can say, Christian lingo, right? Or th- things that we're going through, and and uh, you know, they don't understand those things, right? They don't understand the things of God. They don't understand why you know why we give tithes and offerings. Like, why are you just why are you just giving your money away, you know, or they say why are you throwing your money away, right? Or why do you do these things? And that's the natural man. And then we have the other the other person, right? The spiritual man, the one who saved. The one who belongs to Jesus Christ, who's able to to know, um, you know, to discern the things that happen in the world, who were are able to see them through the mind of, the eyes of Christ, as as we read the word, you know, um, just uh, coming to the Lord and and um, understanding more the, the things that go on in the world and how God is is just with us through all these things, and it's it's awesome. But now we come to chapter three, and I guess you can say Paul kind of introduces a third man or a third person, right? Not really a third, but a Maybe two types of Christians, right? There's a the spiritual Christian, the one who's on fire for God, who's uh, who's just going for it, who's who's all in. And, there, and there's there's a carnal Christian, right? And uh, I remember the first time I ever heard that word was a cardinal. I kept thinking they're saying cardinal. I said, like, "What's a cardinal Christian? Like a bird? I don't understand what that means." <laughs> right? <clears throat> but but we see here, um, and again, there's there's this debate going that you know there's there's some people who who, who say, well, this you know he, with these these people he's talking about in chapter three are not really Christians. It can't be. That just doesn't make sense. That's that's oxymoron. But we see here, starting even at verse one, Paul says, "And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as to men of flesh, and as to infants in Christ." Right? We see those two things. He calls them brethren, right? And then he calls them infants in Christ, right? He doesn't say you guys are just not even close, right? He, but he calls them he calls them Christians, um, or he calls them infants in Christ. Right in this word here uh, that he uses, he uses this Greek word for you know men of flesh. This word "carnal," it's a Greek word, and I'm not a Greek-speaking person, so it's, I'm probably going to butcher it. But just bear with me. Right, it's called uh, a sar- sarkikos, probably. Maybe if you guys are more Greek scholars, you guys can correct me later. But right, but it basically it refers to someone who's who's governed. Right, they're, they have the spirit of God in them. They're saved, but they're they're for the most part they're governed by the flesh. Right. Their desires are the ones that control them, not the Spirit of God. You know, they, they go with whatever the flow is, in, and more so than than Jesus Christ. And the first thing we we need to see, Paul kind of gives like he gives these examples, right? He he starts talking about immaturity in Christians who are who are immature in their faith. He calls them uh, again infants in Christ. He tells them in verse two, he says, "I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you are not able to receive it." Right? Basically, he's calling them babies, right? And uh, I don't know. I love babies, right? I love kids, right? But the thing about kids, right, the thing about babies is, uh, let's face it, babies are selfish, right? <laughs> they're, they're all about themselves, right? When they when they're hungry or when they have a wet diaper or something, like they'll cry and they will let you know about it, right? And they'll keep crying until it's like you 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 come and feed them or you come and change the diaper or whatever, whatever's going on with them, they're they're gonna let you know those things, right? And um, and this is what Paul's basically kind of like associating with. So you guys are still babies in Christ, even though. You guys should be uh, you know, more mature than this. You guys should be doing other things, but we still, have, we still have to feed you milk. Or you're still fussing about everything, right? That's one thing about a baby that, that they do, right? They fuss about everything, right? And this is kind of in a way, with, sometimes what with, with a carnal Christian, there's someone who, who isn't seeking, the, who's, who's not a, so much governed by the spirit, but by, by the, of the flesh, right? They're, um, you know, they're complainers, right? Um, I like this quote from uh, Teddy Roosevelt. He says, um, "Let me find it. I lost it. Sorry." It says, "Someone who, who complains about a problem without proposing a solution—that's called whining, right?" That's, that's basically what he says. And Teddy Roosevelt said that. I didn't say that, so you can take <laughs> that up with him. But but it's true. Sometimes you know, in, in, in we have we have those people. Not even, and uh, we have those people in work. We have those people, you know, who are always complaining about everything, right? They're always like, there's always something wrong, right? There's, there's nothing ever there to be good. Or oh, if if you go to work, and sometimes we uh, at our work, we have, a, you know, they, they they feed us, you know, food. They'll get us something. It's like, oh, it's cool, right? And they complain about that. It's like, oh, you know, they they made us hamburgers or something. It's like, oh, they overcooked them. Might as well just, you know, gave me a burnt biscuit or something. They complain about every little thing. It's like, you know, they, they give me free food right now. I'm I'm good with that. If it's food, if it's free, I'm down, here. <laughs> right? Right. But um, right. But we have these. But even sometimes that can even creep into the church, right? We can have Christians who um. Are complainers, right? They, they they kind of they complain about things like, oh, you know, the the sanctuary's too cold all the time. Why don't they put the heater on or something? Or, or little sometimes petty things like that, right? Or, or you know, the, the these youth this youth group they have they have this this logo that they wear on the shirt and they have this upside down R. What's what's with, with that? It's weird, right? And they'll complain <laughs> about those type of things, but um, but but those are people that you know, and like just like babies, they uh, we can sometimes fuss about things, right? We can we can complain and we can uh be taken away instead of instead of uh, you know doing this sometimes they can comp- we complain about, hey, you know, why don't you have this ministry going on? Or why don't you do this? Why don't you have this for this person? Why don't you do all these these other things? And when you're like, Oh yeah, like hey that, that sounds like an awesome idea. That's something we would love to do. It's like so are you available? Do you want to help out? Or like we, we totally support you. It's like, oh I you know, I, I can't. I'm busy, right? But you should have this. And we have uh <laughs> we have these we have these people that do those that, um these things in the Lord and those things um you know they're not you know they don't edify. You know they tear down, and this is the issue again. We we've been reading about this Corinthian church, all the problems they were having, all the divisions, and all the things that were that were going on. And um, you know they basically looked like the world. They basically looked like the the way you would uh, you know people you would see at work, people you you deal with, maybe even in your homes, family members, and and things like that. There was all these divisions, or all these things going on. They weren't a, even though they boasted, right? They were like, "Man, we're a spiritual. We're a mature church," but in, in, but. Um, in reality they're man, they're, they're they still they're they're still on milk, they're still babies, they're still infants and needed to grow. And again, verse two says this is I gave you milk to drink and not solid food for you're not able to to bear it, right? Obviously you don't give a child a newborn, you know, a ribeye steak. It doesn't work that way, right? They're they're gonna they're gonna choke on these things because they, they haven't yet developed teeth, they haven't yet developed those skills, right? All they can all they can handle in their diet is milk, right? but eventually you know as as you progress as they get older they mature right and you start you know, put in the a little bit of cereal in the milk then you start giving them you know the the apple the, or the the you know, little baby foods and then you give them little biter biscuits and then you know little cheerios and and but they they grow you know they're going to continue growing in our Christian walk it needs to be the same thing but this church in Corinth see what was going on is they were uh, or they still needed the you know the the milk right they weren't they still weren't able to have the more mature foods, the more solid things, right? But for us as Christians, you know, we're, we're called to grow, right? We're called to mature. We're never just called to stay where we're at. There's, there's no such thing In First Peter chapter 2, verses 2. I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation. It says this. It says, like newborn babes, you must crave the pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation, right? You know, we need to cry out for that nourishment. And, and obviously, when we first come to the Lord, we need that, right? We need to the foundational things of Christianity, the, you know, the death, burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, But we're never just to stop there, right? We're supposed to grow in our faith, and and we're supposed to grow in those things. And the Corinthians, they dealt with this thing, you know, and when, when as we further uh, get down the road, you know, Paul had to deal with them with with uh, spiritual gifts, with the communion, with the Lord's supper, right? They were taking it in an unworthy manner, right? They should have been mature. They should have had more of a a reverence for that. But they're, it says they were getting drunk at the Lord's table, or right? they're they're doing all this crazy stuff. It's like you guys are saying you guys are mature. You're spiritual. What are you guys doing, right? You guys are acting like a uh, like little babies, <clears throat> right? Um, if I, I wanted to read a couple other verses in regards to that, as I was I was reading that first part about the milk. it in Hebrews chapter five, verses eleven through fourteen, it says this: the the author of Hebrews he's uh, he's telling this church about um this guy Melchizedek. If you guys ever heard about him and about about his uh, his you know his office and how that. Uh, and how Jesus Christ, he he has his high priestly ministry now. This is what he's doing right now in heaven. But he tells them in chapter 5, verses 11 through 14, he says, there is much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skills to recognize the difference between right and wrong. And what he's talking about, he's talking about like doctrinal things, right? They, they didn't understand this, uh, this order of Melchizedek that Jesus was in. He wasn't, you know, in, in the book of Hebrews, if you've ever read it, you know, one of the main themes of Hebrews is the superiority, the supremacy of Jesus Christ, right? How he's better than, than Moses, how he's better than all these things, and to these... Uh, to these Hebrews that he was, you know, writing to to some of these Jews, they were like, "Whoa, you know, that, you know, the law of Moses, you know, the law and all these things, those were a big deal, right?" And when he's saying that Jesus is better than those things, you know, the that Jesus wasn't in the line of Aaron in the high priestly, you know, line of that, he was in the order of Melchizedek. But they, they he said, I, we can't really tell you too much about it because you guys are still like, when he's called, when he says "dull of hearing," he doesn't say like that, you know, they were hard of hearing. It says like that their hearts, you know, they they didn't really want to receive it. The Word of God wasn't a, it wasn't fresh to them. It wasn't something that they were craving, right? It was like, eh, whatever. It's the Word of God. It's not a big deal, right? And they were dealing, and that's what he was dealing with with these people. You know, for us, um, when it talks about, you know, the milk of the Word and the solid food, it's not two different truths, right? It's the same truth. It's just in degrees, right? Just again, as we say, a, a child progresses, they start eating more solid things. For us as Christians, we need to progress in those things, you know, on... Usually on Sunday mornings we're going through Revelation, right? And some people they have a hard time with Revelation, right? They don't understand, and and um and it's hard for them to you know to to understand those things because you know because they're not in their word, right? Because they're not studying the Bible for themselves, they're not they're not feasting upon the word. You know, sometimes the only times that we open our Bibles are on Sundays, and it shouldn't be that. It should be something that we uh, we're devoted to in our own personal lives, right? That's what we you know we stress a lot, and and even when um. When I choose back to always stressed a lot about, you know, how is your devotional life? What is the always asking, What is the devotional life? What, what do you guys do? Like, what does that mean, right? And, and you know, they they've gotten to know is like that's a time with you and Jesus alone, right? And it should be a time that you make for yourself. It shouldn't be something that your parents have to be like, hey, did you did you read today, right? Like, you need to take ownership of your relationship with God and do those things on your own and have that time and, and make that time, right? We always make time for the things that are important to us, and we need to uh, to have that. But again, these, these Christians in Corinth, right? They were dealing with this, right? They didn't understand. Well, these Christians in the in, in Hebrews, right? They didn't understand, you know, Christ's ministry, right? All they knew is is Jesus' earthly ministry, right? The the death, burial, resurrection, what he did, you know, um, you know, the beatitudes and all those things, and all those things are are, are foundational. They're they're so necessary, but they didn't understand, right? His uh, you know, his office now, his ministry now in heaven, right? They they didn't they didn't really quite get it that well right? That he's daily making intercession for us, right? The um, the Bible says that it calls the devil the accuser of the brethren, right? It means that, that, that right now the, the devil, he has he has access to heaven. We see that in Job as well, that he goes before God, right? But he's daily accusing us, right? he He's, he's the one who he will tempt us, right? He'll, he'll try to sow those seeds and be like, hey, you can do this. It's not a big deal, right? It, it's just a little thing, right? It's just a, it's a small little white liar or just a little thing that you need to look at, not a big deal if you look at it, and then when you give in to those temptations, he's the first one to say, hey, check it out, God, look at this, is your child, what are you doing? Look at, what is he doing? Right? He's the first one to condemn you, right? He's man, he's a dirty dog, that one, right? But that's that's the things he does, right? And, and uh, and you know, and, and he's rightfully so, he's, he's, he's probably saying to heaven, he's you know, they, they need to be condemned, they need your wrath, that's what they deserve, right? But we have an intercessor in heaven, right? That's that's amazing, right? We have, because I, I need that, I need that intercession, right? When, uh, Jesus told Peter, right, you know, when in, the, in, in the Gospels, he told him, he's like, hey, you know, Peter, Satan desires to sift you like wheat, right? And it's like, that's crazy, right? I mean, I, no one wants to hear those type of things. Like, Satan's out for you. He wants to, to get you. And, he, and, and, uh, and But Jesus says to him, but I have prayed for you. And when you are strengthened again, you know, when you've, when you've been restored again, strengthen your brothers, right? But that's awesome that sometimes we... Um, I don't know. We feel like maybe, oh man, no one's praying for me. No one's looking out for me. God, Jesus Christ is interceding for you daily on your behalf, every single day, in heaven. That's that's His ministry. That's where He's at right now, daily making intercession intercession prayer for you at the right hand of the Father. Man, that's that's a that's an amazing thing that we have. We have someone who's uh who's on our side, right? But as we go on, it says, you know, again, that I have give you milk to drink and not solid food. For even indeed now you have you can, uh you, know, you you're not able to to handle it, right? Once, uh, once a baby gets going, right, like, you, know, you, you love when you're able to hold a baby and you, you, sometimes you're like, oh, I'm tired of your turn, right? You, you, take, you take shifts, right, with a baby. But as they get their motor skills going, right, they start like you know, barely, they start crawling, right? First they do like, the army man crawl, right? They, they do that. Then they start crawling. and you've got to watch out for them because they're all over the place, right? And you've got to watch out for babies because the thing about babies, right, they, they put anything in their mouth. All they really know is like food, right? They see something it's like, this must be food, right? And they, they put anything in their mouth. Like, I have a two-year-old, she still puts anything in her mouth. It's like I don't even understand, right? Like sometimes she'll come out of the hall, and I can tell she has something in her mouth. It's like, what do you have in your mouth? And she'll look at me. She'll spit it out and take off running. I'm like, this little girl, right? And uh, but that's what babies doing. You got to watch out, right? You got to be on them because you know, obviously, you know, if they put food in their mouth, okay, that's fine, right? Obviously, the right type of food are also choke. But there's some things that they put in their mouth that they're not supposed to. They're not supposed to eat. They're not supposed to digest, and it's dangerous. In the same way, these Christians. Right, They were so spiritually immature that they couldn't handle other things. Right, it says in uh, Ephesians 4.14, it says, uh, Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Right? And that's what happens. If we're immature, then you know what's going to happen. We're going to start feasting on anything, anything that says God in it. We're going to feast on it. Not everything is truth. You know, this is what truth is. Right, the Bible, and we need to know it. You know it. it takes us to do it on our own because you know we're not. You know, when we go to work, when we go to our daily lives, people have all these other teachings and ideas, and all these other things. And, and you know, the, the common thing you hear is like, all, all, you know, every all all truth is truth. Right, all all paths lead to God. And, and we know Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That that's pretty. Uh, yeah, that's um, exclusive, right? It's there only one way. That's what Jesus is saying. But if we're not mature in our faith, if we're not growing in the Lord and growing in, in God's word, then we're going to be easy susceptible. When people knock at our door and say, "Hey, I want to have a Bible study with you," and if you don't know the Word of God, then then um, you're easily going to get confused. You're not going to know what's going on, what's going to happen. So we need to know God's truth, right? We need to be so familiar with it And we're like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't, that doesn't sound right, what you're saying." And uh, so we need to know how to battle. You know, it's it's spiritual warfare. We need to remember those things and in, in a... You know, our our Christianity, our relationship with God, what we believe. There's there's all these other things that are out there that are trying to sway us. And just like a baby, we have to watch out. And you know, just like babies, they be careful. You know, they 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 eat any little thing if if we're not mature. Then you know, and any teacher that comes on the radio or on TV, we're going to be like, yeah, that sounds good. That sounds all right. Right, but we need to know that that God's word is is truth. And we if you know if we're uh, daily in the truth and we're going to know what's what's not true we're going to know those things that are error and that's what he's referring to and in hebrews at the end he says you know you're going to be able to recognize differentiate discern what is right and wrong he's not saying he's not talking about moral he's talking about doctrinal things and that we need to grow in the, in that as well going on in verse four or excuse me verse three says for for you are still fleshly or carnal for sin's there is jealousy and strife among you. Are you not fleshly? And are you not walking like mere men? Right. Another thing. This is one of the marks. Another mark that, that was those for this church and for a carnal Christian is is a, you know, is division. Right. When we start when we start uh, fighting and bickering with each other. Right. Envy. You know they had jealousy. There was there was bitterness. You know the, these carnal Christians. What they were living for is for the applauses. Right. Of men for the spotlight. Right. For the praises of men. And we see that there when we when we get to uh, you know First Corinthians chapter 12, he, Paul talks about spiritual gifts, and they were using them not for the edification of the body, because that's what we're supposed to use those for. All these gifts that we have, they're supposed to be to edify, to, to build each other up, but they were using them for their own glory, right? Say, so, yeah, look at brother so and so, he he can speak in tongues and do all this stuff. Man, he's so holy, right? And, and and we can get like that. We're people, right? We can if we get a little praise, and we're like, man. That felt pretty good, right? Let me get a little more of that, right? And we can start doing those things. And and they were having these issues. They were, um, you know, they were boasting about their gifts. They were showing off instead of giving the glory to God. They were trying to keep it for themselves. And and Paul's had to correct those things. Like, no, 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 that's that's not how it is. It's God's glory, and not our own. But um, but that's what they were dealing with here. They were dealing with, you know, with these jealousies, with these strifes, right? Dropping stuff all over here. Um, but if you ever like, if you worked at a job for a while, for for a a period of time, right? And uh, maybe you've been there and you've just been working and all of a sudden like someone new comes in and they start working their way up the ranks. Like that that, that sometimes gets to us, right? Right? People are like, oh man, who's, who's, this, who's this Who's this? kid or who's this person? They came in, they're brand new and they're starting to like build up and, and, and start, you know, getting promoted or whatever the case may be. And we get, you know, that gets to us sometimes, right? It gets to our flesh, it gets to our pride. And we're like, oh, and even in the church, it can be the same way when when someone comes in and they're a new Christian, you start seeing them growing and maturing and they start doing things and they want to they serve or, or someone new comes to worship and they start singing and they have a really good voice and you're like, oh man, the voice is really good. And, and, and sometimes that, that temptation, the enemy's there to sow those seeds of discord and be like, man, you know, and we can get bitter and we can get upset and we can start saying little things here and there. We can, you know, we can start murmuring and talking about that person behind their back and, and those things happen, right? Those things happen at work, those things happen in school, right? especially in school, in high school, in junior high, all the drama that goes on, right? Like if there's ever, like, you know, the, the popular people, there, there's other people trying to talk about them behind their back, trying to, you know, trying to discredit them or whatever the case may be, but that, that, that can easily come into the church, right, if we're not seeking God. And and they were doing that. They were having strides. There's envy and jealousy, right? Right? It's like, why do, why do they get to teach, right? Why don't I get to teach? I can teach as good as they can, right? I can teach the Bible, right? Why 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 am I not? I can see better than they can, right? what, don't I sing, or something like that. You know, those, those are the things that they were dealing with, and you see the immaturity, right? Just like kids at the playground, right? My dad's better than your dad. My dad can beat your dad up in the octagon. It's all good, right? And all these crazy things that, maybe not the octagon, I don't know, right? But, but we say those things, right? We say, oh, my dad makes more money than your dad, and we, we start, like, kids, you know, they do those things, right? They start bickering, or they have, oh, my toy's better than your toy, right? Or, or things like that, and you can see that was, this is what this church is dealing with, right? You see this church, and you're like, I don't want to be a part of that church, but you know, that's, that's easily. Um, that can easily happen. It can so easily happen if we're not you know, being led by the Spirit, if we're not in the Word of God, if we're, not, if we're being governed by the flesh, if we're carnal like this, then those things are going to happen. And we shouldn't be surprised if they do because we're not uh, following God. And in verse 4, we have this as well. Um, excuse me, going back to verse 3, it says there was strife among them, there was battling, right? There was divisions. Right? Paul says in uh, Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, it says, therefore I, the prisoner... For serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. You know, as a church, we're supposed to be united, right? We're supposed to go out united and and take ground for the kingdom of God, right? And we can't do that if we're divided. You know, Jesus said, right? If uh, when uh, you know, the Pharisees are trying to discredit him, they're saying, no, this this guy he casts out demons, you know, because he's the ruler of the demons. You know, they call him Beelzebub, and Jesus said. He tells the people can, can, you know, can a kingdom stand if it's divided against himself he's like no, it 's going to fall right if Satan's divided against himself, then he's going to fall his kingdom's not going to stand and in the same way in the church if we're divided then there's no way we're going we're going to be effective for god 's kingdom right we uh, we disqualify ourselves when we do those things right? when we start bickering and fighting with each other right when, when we say, oh my ministry is better than that ministry than children's ministry and we try to like we have this competition in the church, and this is again we go back to to the beginning of Right, just a couple of chapters ago in um, First Corinthians, when he's talking about this. Right, he "I'm with Paul, I'm with Paulos." Right, they're making all these little groups and places I, I, you know, I go with this teacher, I'm with this teacher. It's like, no, they're all, they're all servants of God. Right, you know, I love uh, Sundays and, and Thursdays. We're back there, but you know, we're we're back there with the children's ministry as well. Right, and we're you know we're like a team. Like I love the children's ministry. I love, I love all that God's doing back there. But you know, we're there to help each other out. You know, whatever they need, if, if we have availability, like, hey, you know, we'll help out. We'll do whatever we got to do. Like because you know we're we're the Church of Jesus Christ. Right? we're the, we're the body of Christ, and we need to be we need to be there for one another. Like, what Bill and Kathy do, man, it's so awesome what they do. I have my kids back there. They deal with them. My kids are crazy, right? And and just just um and just the ministry that they do, it's it's so awesome. It's so crucial. And man, I mean, they they have a you know they have our support in the youth. You know, we 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 love them so much. And and um, but with every ministry, we're, we're there for one another, right? Like you know. When we do this when we when we do this uh Youth Sunday, first service like I guess it's always hard sometimes to get the kids here. But you know, the, the ushers, the other are ready to step in and, and just, you know, do what they have to do and that's that's just such a blessing, right? To for that to happen and when we're united, right, when, when we both when we're all focused upon, you know, furthering God's kingdom, you know, we're gonna get stuff done. But again, we can't do that if we're divided, right? If we start bickering and fighting with each other, nothing's gonna get done. Right. And um you yeah, know, I've seen that I, I came from a you know, when I when I first started coming to Calvary Chapel, like back in the days, we went to where we lived. Um, you know, my parents started going, so I started going. It was really cool. Like first time I ever was ever experienced. You know, Calvary Chapel. I came from a, like I used to go to a church with my grandma back like when I was a kid. I grew up going to this church. And it was a little small Spanish Baptist church, right? Just just different, and it was cool. You know, it was just like it was just like family, right? It was cool. All the songs were in Spanish at the time. I didn't know what they were talking about. I just played the tambourine. I was like, yeah, having a good time. Um, <clears throat> but when I started coming to to you know, to Calvary Chapel, like it was hard for me. I was like going into junior high, and I all I knew was that church, and it was, it was more just like you know a fun time to go to. But my parents were like we want to start going to this church. We want you to come with us, and and we started going. I started seeing, you know, how they were about the Word of God, and um, and it was awesome. I saw, like, uh, just this the the family that they became, you know, how they became bonded in love and and with one purpose. But um, eventually after a while, there started they started, you know, there was strife, there was dissension, all this stuff that we see in Corinth that started happening. And you know the, the where I used to live, at, there's there's no church there. Today. There's no Calvary Chapel. It's gone. Like everyone's not even there. Like once in a while I'll see people that from that old church, and they're they're not even going to church. They have nothing to do, you know, with with God or anything. man, that, that's tragic. Man, that that's that's sad, and that's uh, that's heartbreaking to hear. But that that can happen, right? If we continue to be divided, and you know the, the church the church in this area, and you know, God's going to be like, hey, you know, it's time for just to you know to to put their lamp out, just like in in Ephesians when he says, hey, you know. Go back to your first love, or you know, I'm going to take that that lampstand away, and we need to um, we need to be united in Christ, right? He says, for one said in verse four, for when one says, "I'm Paul, I'm Apollos," are you not mere men? Again, we go back to that again. It's like they're they're choosing sides, right? They wanted to be with a popular person, right? And we we want to do that, right? We want to associate ourselves with those who are um, you know, whatever popular or whatever the case may be, right? And then they want we want to associate ourselves with a hero, with with a star, right, and all those things, and and they were doing the same type of things, like, hey, I'm with this guy. This is what I'm doing, right? This is what we're doing. I'm, I'm with Paul. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty awesome, right? I'm with Apollos, right? And he says, are, are you not all mere man? This, this thinking that you have, isn't it just, it's, it's petty, right? It's, it's stuff that we shouldn't be doing. In verse five, he goes on. He says, what then is Apollos and what then is Paul? Servants from whom you believed, even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one, right? Paul kind of takes, it seems like he takes this, uh, this idea, as we continue on, of uh, you know when Jesus gave the parable in Matthew 13 of the the, the soil and the sower, right? And he, he tells them about the how he the sower went to go sow seed and he in all these different soils, you know the the rock, the the one with the shallow ground, and but the one who who landed on good soil, they you know they grew, they took the word, and he takes that as you know from the from the individual and he and he makes it collective to the church now. You know we are as a church, you know we're God's field. We're supposed to go out and. And as, as uh, we do ministry, wherever we're supposed to go, and, and water and plant, and, and um, God is going to cause the growth, but we need to, we need to go out there and, and do our work. And he says here, he says, what then is Apollos and what then is Paul, servants from whom you believed, even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one. And I love how Paul says this, right? He doesn't say, who's Apollos, right? I know I'm Paul, like, you should follow me, I'm Paul, right? You should, like, be all on my side, but not Apollos, don't worry about that guy. But he says, who is Apollos, who is Paul, right? He says, we're just men, we're just servants. Through whom you believed, even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one. Right, this this word that he uses here for servants or minister, right? It's it's a Greek word. It's um it's pronounced, I believe, decanos, right? One who executes the command for another, especially a master, right? That's what they were that's what Paul and Apollos were about. They're about fulfilling their ministries, right? And doing it for the glory of God and not for themselves. And that's what he's trying to tell them here. He says, you know, they they had they had jobs to fulfill they were going to do what they had to do for Jesus Christ, and they weren't worried about their own glory. They weren't, they weren't worried about fame and, and uh, you know, elevating themselves. It was about Jesus Christ. And he even says, we're servants, right? We're not, you know, they didn't have, like, you know, name badges. that said, I, I'm, I'm the Apostle Paul, right, and in a really cool font or anything like that, right? They're, they're saying, I'm, I'm a servant, right? As we're reading Revelation, um, as we're going through Revelation, when John was getting the revelation of Jesus Christ, right, through, through the angel. He's, you know, there's times where he was seeing all this stuff and he was so overwhelmed that he said he started worshiping the angel, and the angel's like, whoa, what are you doing, dude? Like, I'm a servant just like you are. Like, stop it, right? Even angels know, like, they know, like, hey, all, all glory and all, all, all worship belongs to God. And it's foolish when we, uh, and it's tragic when we start doing that, when, when we start trying to elevate a pastor, right, or elevating whoever, right, to, to uh, something more than, than a servant of God. That can be dangerous, and for the church and and for that you know because we're you know we're mere men right and we're we can be easily swayed by those things and, and get caught up in 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 that you know in being exalted and being getting the praises of man right even this angel understood it's like I'm a servant I'm I'm here to magnify God don't you know don't uh don't worship me and in the same way they're saying here that hey we're you know we're servants of God And it's like we're nobody in verse six he says I planted Apollos water, but God was causing the growth right. And I love that, you know, uh, just a couple weeks ago, we, uh, Pastor Z gave the vision for the church, right? Go, therefore, you know. And, and we know that verse is, you know, the, the rest of it make disciples of all nations. And, and you know, it, the, the calling is, is to go out and, and to take ground for the kingdom. And we all have a part in that. And Paul and Apollos, they understood that. You know, so Paul says, I planted and Apollos watered, right? We, there, there's different ministries. the youth ministry. There's the children's ministry. There's... Um, there's ushers, there's women's ministry, there's all these things out there, and they're, you know, they're all things that that help the church to function and grow. We we need those things, right? We need to go out, and sometimes we can be like, oh, if I'm not if I'm not in the children's ministry, if I'm not doing that, then I you know I'm, I don't know if I'm really you know doing what I'm serving the Lord. And we can get like that. We can like again, we can elevate ministries and be like, well, this ministry's better, so I want to be involved with that ministry. Like no ministry is better than any other ministry, right? We're all there to serve God into. And to further God's kingdom. In the end, it's God who is causing the growth, right? None of us, even Paul and Apollos, they had they had no power within themselves to cause growth, right? All they were supposed to do was go out and water, give out the message of the gospel, and and um, you know, and minister and water these people, you know, with the word of God. But God was causing the growth, right? In First Corinthians chapter twelve, verses twelve to twenty-one. I know it's a little long, but I think it's uh, very important that we need to understand. Um, again, I'm going to read in the New Living Translation because I like reading through there when I um, you know, give these references. It says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some of us are slaves, and some of us are free. But we all have been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were, were an eye, how would, how would you hear? Or if the whole body was an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants to or wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the hand and the, the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. And I love this, right? <laughs> We're all necessary in the body of Christ, right? We all have ministries that we need to fulfill. We all have callings in the Lord. And we can get caught up again, and it's like, oh, if I'm not up here teaching, then I then I, I really, you know, then I'm not being effective. No, if you're, if you're back there with the children, watching them while their parents come in here and get fed the word of God, then and man, that, that that's an awesome ministry. You do that to the glory of God, right? You do that because they're being fed, and when they get home with their with their child, as they're with them all the time, they get to minister to their child, pour into them, and then they go out, and and it's just it's just uh, it's just awesome how the Lord works, and and all those things are necessary. We have the winds we have the you know the food pantry, we have all these things that we do, and they're all necessary. And sometimes, again, we can get caught up because oh, I'm not doing this big thing, right? And some people are awesome; they they don't want to do those big things, right? They want to be behind the scenes, right? They want to they want to, they don't want to be seen, they just want to serve and help out and those are awesome, right? Those are awesome hearts, but um, you know there, there's there's so many things that that um, God wants to do and it says that God is the one who places people. If God has placed you in a, in a ministry, don't get discouraged because you're not doing this other thing. God has called you there so you do to the glory of God. I love uh, Pastor Zeke's example you know he says if if, if you' you know if you're calling us to, to be a stay-at-home mom and raise your kids and you raise them to the glory of God and, and God is going to use them, right. And um I love that, right? Even those those simple things and we we can get caught up in in doing all these big and complex things like no the we need to do those simple things. If you're maybe we're not called a full time ministry, but you're working, you know, and you're raising your family, then you do all those things to the glory of God. You you get used at your work, right, to, to minister to those around you. And when you get home you you know, you you raise up your family to the glory of God and uh so that you can be used as a family to witness to your unsafe family, to witness to other people, to your neighbors and everyone else and and there's so much that God wants to do in us. And again, we can get caught up in, uh, in these worldly things. Well, oh, if I'm not doing this, I need to be in the limelight, I need to have the, the applauses and all those things. And this was what the, the church was going through, and that's, and that's a, a mark of immaturity. But a mature Christian, he's not going to worry about those things. Or he's going to worry about God's glory. In verse 7, he says this So then, neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. But God, who's causing the growth, right? We just read that. Sorry. And uh, verse eight, he says, "Now he who plants and he who waters are one, but each will receive his own reward according to his own labors." Right. Again, we, uh, you know, we, we see those. We see that thing at uh, Jesus, and um, I lost the verse. Let me find it. Sorry. And you know, when Jesus is talking to his disciples in Mark chapter ten, verses forty three and forty four. Right. They are bickering with each other. Right. As, as I always think it's funny about the, the, the disciples when you read them. They're, always, they're, they're kind of like the Corinthian church, right? They're always battling with each other. they saying, I'm going to be the greatest in the kingdom, right? I'm going to be number one. You're going to be number three, right? They did those things. But he tells them in this, he says, but among you it's going to be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be slave of everyone else, right? That's what, that's what Jesus said. Right? So if you want to be something right, in God's kingdom in the church, then hey, you're going to have to learn to serve, right? You can start by Fridays coming doing janitor work. I, don't I should do that in there. I don't know where that came from, but um, right. But simple things like that. And again, we can we can come. I'm sure the apostles. If you saw the apostles, hey, you wanna you wanna be the first in the kingdom? Come in, come in, vacuum the church sanctuary, and they'd be like, no, nah, I want to preach. You know, I want to I want to be up on the stage and, and be all charismatic about it. And they're like, no, do those things for the kingdom of God. Those things need to need to be done. God has given us this, this church. We need to be stewards of it and you know and keep it clean and not a you know not saying so we got to get all crazy and fancy but you know there's we have a stewardship from God and we need to keep those things you know take care of those things that God has given us right in again in verse 8 it says now he who plants and he who waters are one but each will receive his own reward according to his own labors and again I love that again he's just talking about about the unity that we have in Jesus Christ that we need to have in the church right we need to um, hold on trying to get my notes in order sorry about that Right, we need to. Uh, we have these. We all have these, these uh, ministries that we have, and but we're one. Again, we have this unity in Jesus Christ that we need to have, and he just he just continues on this point. It's like we need we, we we don't need to be. We can't be divided as as a church. We need to be united in Jesus Christ. Right, he says in verse nine. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. Right, we need to. Yeah, basically, what it's saying here is that we are God's cultivated land. Right, we need to be sowing the word of God and producing the fruit of the Spirit and of, of holiness. Right, um, we're um if you guys have heard and seen, we we've been we're just we just started the the men's discipleship, right? It's awesome. Like even though we've only done it, well I've only done it once so far, and but um just just uh, the expectation and everything that we're gonna be doing. I'm so excited about it. And um and one of the verses that you know they're they were talking about that we're teaching on, and uh one thing that was stressed and that's kinda just been on my heart, is it's this principle, right? And Galatians 6, 7 through 9, about sowing and reaping, right? It says in Galatians 6, 7 through 9, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will, from the flesh, reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will, from the Spirit, reap eternal life. Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we, will not, if we do not grow weary. And I love that that principle, because it's true, Right? Sometimes we, you know, you, you get people and they're like, man, I can't, I can't control my child, right? My my child, they're just rebellious, right? Especially teenagers, right? They're rebellious. They don't want nothing to do. They don't want to come to church, right? And then, uh, you know, one of the main things that, that's asked is like, well, how's you know, how's the devotion life? What, what's going on at home? It's like, well, you know, I, I, I read the Bible once in a, once in a while, right? I, you know, I, I don't have time. I'm so busy, right? And again, it, it comes back to that. If, if we're, uh, you know, we always make time for the things that we're passionate about, the things that we want to do. And uh, this is something that's just been true in my life. And this is something that I desire, right? The you know, as, as my uh, you know, my family, my children see see my life, right? As, as, as I'm sowing when I'm at home, the word of God, and they see, hey, you know, when Daddy has free time, he doesn't just go out in his garage or just put on the TV, right? He he, he spends time in the word of God and prayer, and that's something I want to do, right? And that's something that that it, it's hard sometimes, right? You know, when when you're working, sometimes you just want to like relax and kind of like just veg out, right? It's easy just to be like, man, I just want to watch TV or like not think or do anything, right? I just want to just like sit there and but um, when we start sowing to the spirit, right, then we're going to reap those spiritual things and if I want to, if I want, and these principles are so just true, if I want to, if I want my child to grow in the Lord, then I need to start sowing in them the word of God and and having, showing this is what we do in this family, right? This is what we're going to do, but sometimes it's not the case and and we're reaping to the world, and not so much sinful things, but it's like, we, you know, we're not making God a priority, right? We're saying, oh, it's it's not, we don't have to go Sunday, because we have this game we got to go to, you you have this football, the soccer game, or we have this school activity, so I'm not going to go to this church function, and then later on, we're like, why isn't my child, you know, why aren't they coming to church, right? It's like, well, because you gave them options, you didn't, you didn't allow them, you didn't show them that, you know, the things of God are important, you know, and you gave them those choices to do, and those, uh, and just as the Word of God says, you know, is if we if we're reaping to those things, right? If we're really reaping to the world, we're going to reap corruption, right? And in my life, I, that's that's what I want. I don't want to reap those things. I don't want to reap corruption in my family and and anything I do. I want I want to reap to the Spirit because it says I'm going to I'm sowed to the Spirit because I'm going to reap eternal life. And many times that's that's the case. And I'm sure many times in, in this church that was going on, instead of sowing to the Spirit, right, they were sowing to the flesh. You live in Corinth. Corinth was just place like, like Vegas or something, right? Or one of those those cities. It was a booming town. They had every, everything you can think of was there. Any type of sin, everything, you know, everything went there, right? So they dealt with that, and I'm not sure that was hard, right? Was, those temptations were there constantly. But what was happening is because they weren't so into the spirit, right, they were so into the flesh, and they were reaping those things. In Galatians five sixteen through 26, we see that, right? <coughs> Paul tells them. Um, in the Galatians, but I say to you, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh, for the flesh sets its desires against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these things are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissension, actions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, there's a but, right? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, one another, envying one another. That sounds like the Corinthian church, right? They were so they were walking in the flesh, and they were, and it showed in their character. It showed in what they were doing, their attitudes. But if if we were to walk in the Spirit, man, that, I mean, I don't know. That's, that seems like a better option to me. If you weigh those things out, right? Maybe you saw that, that list of of the the deeds of the flesh, right? Like, man, I was like, I have like three of those things, right? Some of more, some of less, but we, you know those those things are there, and those things are in the Corinthian church, but we need to start sowing to the spirit, or we need to be in the Word of God, you know and one thing that, that we, um, that, we kind of, that we stress to the youth leaders is like we need to be in service, right? Um, because just doing ministry it, it's not sustainable, right? Sometimes we think, oh you know the, the way I get fed is by doing ministry, and that's how you pour out. we need to be poured into right? We only can pour out so much we're going to be emptied and, and we're going to get dried out and we're gonna get we're going to get uh burned out really fast. We need to be fed the word of God. We need to be ministered to so we can minister, right? We need to be poured into so we can we can pour out to to whatever ministry we're going into. And that's something that I stress and it, it's something that, that needs to start at home and for me as I'm in a, I'm in this position, I know for myself like I desire to, you know, to be to have our, our my life ruled by the Spirit and I know if I do that then it's gonna start overflowing to my wife, to my children, right, to my neighbors, to my coworkers and I desire that so so badly in my own life. Um, And again, it's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take, you know, doing away with some things, right? Doing away with some activities, some functions or whatever the case may be and and having that time and setting those times aside. Um, In closing, I just want to kind of, you know, I just had some some thoughts and things I was thinking about and uh, just kind of leave you with, right, uh, our... And this is one you know, one of them. It says, are, the desires, you know, are, are our desires dictating our lives rather than the Spirit of God? Right? Are our passions the things we want to do? Are they, are they the ones that are dictating what we do? Or is it God's Spirit and what He wants in our own lives? In the ministries that we do and in the services that we do to the Lord at church or wherever, are we giving glory to God or are we trying to keep it for ourselves? Um, you know, are we having issues in our families, and our personal lives? Or maybe it's because we haven't been sowing to the you know, we've been so into the flesh and the world and not to the spirit and those things that, that for myself I need to I need to check myself with. And uh, you know, maybe um at the end you know, we we've been talking about this carnal Christian, right? And and maybe you seem like, Man, that's 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 something I'm dealing with or um I, I may be struggling with, like I feel like all those things are you know, that that Paul was talking about Corinthians, those are things I'm dealing with right now, like I feel like I have no joy. I have no peace in my life, and all I have is turmoil, and and all these things is maybe because we're we're uh, we sow to the flesh, now we're reaping that corruption. You know, you know, we don't have to stay in that place, we really don't. Right, God has already forgiven us, and and He wants to, uh, you know, restore us back to Himself, and 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 grow us, right? Right, God says, hey, let's, you know, you've dealt with this, I've forgiven you, you know, and and now let's let's move on, let's let's move ahead. Don't just stay where you're at. And sometimes we can do that, right? We can. Uh, in Romans it talks about how we have no more condemnation in Christ Jesus you know the enemy who is the one who's going to condemn you right and he's going to try to keep you in that place when you mess up when you're in this life he's going to try to keep you there he doesn't want you to be used by God not at all but um what we can be we can you know repent of the things we've been doing and uh, you know we can we have prayer teams after we can get prayer for those things and and God can restore us and begin to to uh help us out through the spirit to you know to sow to the spirit and, and to and to be disciplined in, in our and, and holiness to God. So with that, um, let's pray, and then we'll be done. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, God, that you desire to use us for your glory, God. Lord, and sometimes, Lord, we can uh, we can hinder those things, Father. We can uh, delay those things in our lives because Lord, we're not fully devoted to you, God. Lord, because we're being ruled by our flesh, Lord, and our desires, God, instead of your spirit, Father, and I pray, Lord, that that we would uh, do away with those things, God, that we would come to you, Lord, that we would cry out to you, Lord, you hear us, Father, we thank you that you do, but we thank you, Father, that, um, Lord, you're ready and willing, Father, to uh, Lord, to restore us to yourselves and rebuild us back, Lord, and to use us again and to put us back into service, God. Be with us today, Father, I pray for all, all uh, Lord, of my brothers and sisters here, that you would be with them, Lord, that you would bless them, that you would encourage them and strengthen them, Father, for your name's sake, Father, so we love you and praise you in your name. Amen.